So, uh, welcome to I Only Like Their Old Stuff, Episode 1, hosted by J-Ho and Groove. Hey, yo. Um, I'm J-Ho, and uh, that's Groove, and we're going to talk about some stuff that has happened to us and some stuff we're hyped on. It'll probably uh, run the gamut of pop culture and, you know, music, movies, comic books, everything, and kind of talk about what we're uh, hyped on and, and what we hate. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. Groove, uh, you got anything for us to kick us off here? Well, the number one thing, I mean, part of the reason why we started this is because I went to the doctor today, and I found out I'm about to die. No. Um, we. Uh, <laughs> That's an awful way to start a podcast. It's got real sad in here. <laughs> No, the uh, the truth of the matter is, I think that you and I share some uh, perspectives on some things that I think other people do as well, and uh, they may appreciate hearing about it. Like the the number one thing right now that's going on in my life is that I absolutely loathe going to the doctor, uh, any kind of doctor, any kind of medical professional, for several reasons. Uh, number one, and I think this is the number one reason, um, I don't take care of myself that well. Uh, my personal hygiene. Uh, is, is something to be desired. And when I go to any kind of medical professional, they, they make me feel bad about the types of things I do to myself. And um, when I go, I feel like I'm in trouble. And I feel like they're yelling at me. And they're scolding me. And yet, and here's the problem. I'm paying them for a service. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I haven't been to the doctor in five years. And I had to go this morning because I had to go get a physical for this uh, health record for this thing. And um, and the doctor's office had moved. And they told me, you know, the, the directions to the new doctor's office. And they told me it was on, you know, Emory Road. But where their office used to be was on Emerald Road. And so I just assumed, uh, you know, being that I already hate, going to the doctor's office, and I don't want to hear them on the phone with me trying to tell me how to get to the doctor's office. I just assumed it was on Emerald, but just further down the street on Emerald. And I leave early enough to get to the doctor's office a couple minutes early because I wanted to get there and, and try to relax because I knew they were going to take my blood pressure, and I knew how nervous I was going to be, and it was going to look like I was extra unhealthy if my, my blood pressure was so high that they were going to, you know, anyways. So I get there. I dry, I'm driving, and I, I show up on Emerald. And I look at my directions, and it says Emory, because I wrote the directions down, and I get pissed. And I start yelling and screaming at myself. There's a lot of traffic in the morning. It's Monday morning. Everybody's going to work. And so I, uh, I, I try to plug the address into the, this, uh, the GPS that I have in my car, which is really – that's an, there's number one shame. How do you use a <laughs> GPS to get somewhere in your own town? which you should know your own town. So I'm driving out, <clears throat> and I know I'm going the wrong way. I know I'm going the wrong way, but I have to follow the GPS because it's telling me what to do. The lady in the, in the GPS is telling me what to do. And, and I get out there, and it's, I'm already like 10 minutes late, and I realize it's not the place I need to be, so I have to call my folks. And they're like, oh, no, you're, <laughs> you're on the wrong side of town. You need to go to this other side of town. I'm, and I'm already nervous because I know when I show up to the doctor's office, they're going to scold me right off the bat for being late, you know, and they try to give you this, you know, we've got people scheduled and you're pushing us behind and all that kind of business. And so whatever, whatever. And the problem was is that even though I was scheduled for an 815 appointment, the phones that they use 
were on an automatic answering service until 8:30. So I could I was you know I was already lost at 8 a.m. because I was going to be there 15 minutes early, so I didn't get scolded out right off the bat in the first waiting room. And I'm trying to call them from 8:15 from 8 to 8:15, but I'm not listening to the automated service. It tells me that the phone's not really going to be on until 8:30, so I just keep calling back, calling back, calling back from 8 to 8:15, and then I finally at 8:15 I'm listening to it all the way through, and then it says we well, you know the phones go live at 8:30. And I get pissed. You know, how are you going to schedule me for an appointment when you moved your office, even though your phones don't start until 8.30, but the appointment's at 8.15. Anyways, I get there 15 minutes late. And um, my blood pressure's all high already, and I'm pissed. I've been yelling in the car. I'm, I'm listening to music, but I can't even enjoy it. And it was like new music that I haven't really gotten a chance to listen to yet, whatever, whatever. And I get there, and even when I get inside, like my, my health insurance has changed. Uh, my address has changed, all this kind of stuff. And the lady is trying to get all my new information at the front desk. But then the door opens and they call my name. And here I am stuck in limbo. Do I please the lady at the front desk or do I please the lady that's, that is visibly angry calling my name and, and, and mispronouncing, mispronouncing it? And, um, and so I thought, you know, if they communicate and I, I stay at the front desk for another two minutes and then I go back and I, she sends me back to try to find a lab for them to pull blood and everything like that. And this building is so huge uh, that I, I get lost again within the building. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to look, you know, helpless so that somebody says, do you need help? But, of course, they're not really into the customer service industry there. And none of the people are, are, are really concerned with the look of, of despondence on my face. And, uh, and I finally just stopped somebody. I said, where am I supposed to go to get blood pulled? Whatever, whatever. I get there. They pull the blood. I'm really scared of needles. I don't like it. And I'm looking away and trying to act tough at the same time. And, you know, and then they, they send me somewhere else to pee in a cup and I get lost again. And then they send me from there to go back to the front desk. Anyways, it was a whole debacle and I wound up getting molested by the doctor, you know, with latex gloves on. And, and that's really the problem. You know, I, I was sitting there in the gown. They ha Okay, I'm a large man. And the gown they, they gave me, the doctor comes in, he talks to me, and he runs down this whole list of symptoms of stuff that I've never had in my life. But they're so jarring, like, like you know, bloody stool. You know, he asked me that uh -oh. as a matter of fact because that's his – you know, that's that's his day-to-day -day thing, but for him to ask me that jars me a little bit, and I had to think, do I, you know, have I ever, have I ever seen that, you know, because, you know, that's a, that's a question that makes you think, you know, but he asked me about 15 questions that, you know, that are all, like, really scary kind of questions, but he asked them so fast that I'm just like, no, 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 and I'm just getting more and more nervous that any of these things could have happened to me, but I haven't remembered them. Anyways, and then he says, all right, take all your clothes off, put the gown on, I'll be right back. And the gown is tailored for a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I've got my iPod there because I'm trying to, like, distract myself because I'm really concerned about the blood pressure thing. <laughs> and I'm sitting, so I'm, I'm trying to put the gown on, and it's, like, so tight. He's like, leave the back open, you know. But so I, you um, should just basically be naked at this point. You just I might as well have well. not had the gown on. The problem was that the collar of the gown, for me to get my arms through the front of the gown, caused me to essentially choke myself on the collar of the gown because it was so tight around my arms. You're just sitting shoulders. there with your arms like straight out in front of you. Like, <laughs> like literally. Oh, I got like it that. on now. I, got, I had it on, but I didn't, I couldn't really, you know, sit in, in relaxation, if you will. And my bare ass 
is on that uh, that that sheet paper on the on the bench that you have to sit on. You know, the little quote unquote bed, which nobody could ever sleep on that paper, thing. Yeah. Butcher paper. You got to press ham on the butcher paper right now. I had I had two large hands <laughs> yeah. sitting there on that butcher paper, and um and so I'm sitting there, and the my back is to the door. So when he opens the door, he's going to see the fact that the gown can't even cover like three inches of the circumference of my back. It's not a flat back because my belly is so large, it's more like a barrel than it is. So I use the term circumference, and, and it couldn't cover anything. And I realize I have an ice cream bar tattooed on my ass. And and he's going to walk in this door, and not only is he going to try to muffle his own laughter at the sight of a child's gown on this large, you know, man, shaved head and bearded, he's also going to see a pink ice cream bar tattooed on, on this man's rear end. And, you know, and he came in, he proceeded to, to um, tell me to take the gown off and lay down. <laughs> so I don't know why I even needed to bother with the gown in the first place. So here I am. I left my socks on. Your blood pressure is raised at this point because you're so worried about the gown. Yeah, and, and he came back in. The nurse had obviously taken the blood pressure as soon as I sat down with my clothes on, granted, and, and took my blood pressure. So she said, ooh, that's a little bit high. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty nervous. She's like, oh, that could be the cause. We'll just give it a couple minutes, you know, and you'll calm down, and it'll, it'll go down, and we'll come back in. But the only problem is that, you know, the time that I was supposed to be spending calming down, I was trying to – you know, struggled to get myself into this child's gown, which was really not helping with a like relaxation process. So I'm sitting there sweating, even though it's a freezing cold room. And, um, <laughs> you know, he comes in, he talks to me about the blood pressure. He's like, oh, we're going to check this again. And, you know, and I'm sitting, you know, I may as well be naked in front of this stranger that I haven't seen in five years. And five years ago was the first time I ever met him, you know. Yeah. And well, you had a lot to catch up with then. Catch him up on your life. Did you tell him what you've been doing since five years ago? Did he, rem- he actually he, did he remember he you? did ask. Yeah, he did. He had that whole you know when you go anywhere like <clears throat> and they're supposed to know you. Yeah. You know he was like he was very obviously reading from his notes <laughs> and looking up. You know and saying, oh, so are you still? Uh, you know, you still, still in middle school? school? <laughs> How's uh, how's your dog, Sadie? Uh, yeah. Sadie's been dead five years. Uh, you know, something like yeah, it was stuff like that. And um, you know, so he was um, the doctor sucks. You know, going to the doctor yeah. is not cool. I don't like I, the doctor either. It's I don't trust doctors for one thing. Like for whatever uh, reason, I just don't trust them, and so I don't understand the things that they want you to do. You know, and then like you said. They make you feel ashamed. It's kind of like going to the dentist, too, you know. The dentist knows you had not been flossing. And some dentists are cool about it, you know, because nobody flosses. <laughs> Who flosses? Nobody does. Nobody does. You may say I, you I do. One... You did once a month. You do it once a month, maybe, if you're good at <laughs> you flossing. Do it. So. You do it right before you go to right the dentist. Before you, you, know, you try that one floss, and it makes your mouth yeah. bloody. And, you know, I do have one friend that flosses, and it's like he makes it a point to tell you that he flosses yeah, because whenever you're hanging out over at his house, it could be like the middle of the day and he goes into the bathroom and pulls out some floss and he flosses his teeth as he's watching the television, which is good form, you know, cause you don't want to floss in front of the mirror cause it's boring to watch yourself floss, but he forces me to watch him flossing thereby putting himself on a pedestal shaming and making me, yeah. Yeah, shaming me. Into I mean, flossing I is like a part-time job really. 
It's like too much work. You're not getting paid for it. But anyway, back to the point. You go to the dentist, and the dentist, like, some dentists are cool, you know? Some of them are like, oh, you you really need to be flossing. And then some of them make you feel like a big asshole because you're not flossing, you know? It's the same thing with doctors. Like, you know, okay, so I'm paying you all this ungodly amount of money to make me feel really bad about myself, you know? With the... The oral hygiene thing, I've found that it's much less the dentist and the oral hygienist right. that is sitting there cleaning your teeth before the dentist comes and look at them as if the dentist you know, is not allowed to see dirty teeth. But the oral hygienist is the one that always gives me the most problem, saying, you know, oh, you know, just little faces like that, like, oh. Oh, don't, you know. don't floss, do you? Passive <laughs> aggr- the passive-aggressive oral uh, hygienist, hygienist is the worst, yeah. yeah. So we'll mark that one up to hate. Yeah. Hate the doctor, hate the dentist. <laughs> it's just it's just so scary. It's so scary because I don't want to – because I, I, I want to be a, a customer, yeah. you know, but I can't be a customer, you know, because they've been to school. Yeah, you you want to play treat- it cool, you know, but it's scary too. I mean, recently, a couple years ago, I had some major health things I had to get checked out, and it's terrifying to go to the doctor. And you go, like you said, you go in and you go, and they take you, they lead you around. They pretty much put a blindfold on you when you get there. <laughs> and then when you're done, they say, okay, go to the front desk to make another appointment, which you don't want to do. And right. I find myself like they just disappear, like in a puff of smoke. They're gone. The nurse and the doctor are gone, and you don't know where to go. And it's like a maze. Yeah. You know, every doctor's office is like a maze. And if there was a fire in there, you would not be able to get out because you cannot. There's no signs. It's like a casino. There's no clocks in there. Yeah. So you don't know how much time you're spending in there. Like, yeah, and your watch breaks as soon as you go in. Yeah. Like, you have no cell phone service or something, and and you can't tell where in the time-space continuum you are because all the magazines are from 1982. Right. And so you're like, oh, you know, I don't I, I don't know any sports happenings that would be on the front page of a Sports Illustrated in 1982. However, if there was one, that's what I would be reading. Right. But speaking of sports, um, I, I understand you watched the Masters this weekend. Yeah. Well, to give you a little, I'm not really a golf fan. I'm, I'm a sports fan. I get I've gotten into sports a lot more as I get older, and I'm getting more open minded about some different sports. Gotten into the NBA again, which I didn't haven't watched since I was a kid or whatever. But anyway. The only golf that I watch is the final round of the Masters. And the reason why is I grew up in North Augusta, South Carolina, which is near Augusta, Georgia, where the Masters are held. And it's a big deal for for my hometown. So is North Augusta like the poor man's Augusta? No, it's weird. North Augusta is in South Carolina, and Augusta is yeah. in Georgia. And, uh, you know, it's across the river. But there is a South Augusta. <laughs> but South Augusta is part of Augusta. And North Augusta is its own town for whatever reason. Um and So geographically it goes on the top of the map Augusta and then North Augusta and then South Augusta? Well, the thing is is really North Augusta is east of Augusta. Why isn't it east of Augusta? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they thought North Augusta sounded better. Oh, it's South Carolina. Right. Okay. Yeah, so east is west and north is south and right. that sort of thing. But anyway, so I grew up in the area, and golf is huge there, and the Masters is like our claim to fame and the only thing anybody would want to come to the area for. And uh, 
the North Augusta Chamber of Commerce is probably going to write me after this podcast, but um, <laughs> they ain't listening. Grow up, they might be. You don't know. Um, <laughs> growing up in North Augusta, like this, I didn't even know what spring break was until. Uh, in high school or whatever, I, fi- I figured it out, I guess, because in throughout my schooling, we had Master's Week. We didn't have spring break. <laughs> okay. It was called Master's Week, and you got Master's Week off, and usually you left town because it just gets to be a madhouse there. People rent out their houses. You know, people. there's all these people coming in. If you're not really interested in golf, you leave town. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, now... As I get older, I never really watched the Masters much before, but now I make it a point to watch the final round every year um, out of some sort of strange, twisted civic pride, I guess. And so, nostalgia. I, yeah, nostalgia, you know, just some sort of some sort of pride. Fake nostalgia. Fake, nostalgia, fake pride, because I can't, <laughs> yeah. can't stand that place. I wouldn't want to go back there and live there. But anyway, so yesterday I watched the Masters, and it was like it was pretty intense. Because uh, Tiger and Phil Mickelson were paired up together, and it was like a big deal, and everybody was following them, but the leaders were were behind them um, in the the way the order they go in. I don't know how you call it, but anyway, everybody was following Tiger and Phil, and nobody was watching these other people. Crickets were chirping when the whoever the guy is that 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 won, and the guy that that almost won, which see that shows you I don't even know what their names are. Um, right. They were. They were not the guys who were not Tiger and Phil. Right. Right. Because it is golf tournaments are the Tiger and Phil show. If if even that, that's generous. Yeah. That know, the, 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 golf, the, the golf. Show. Yeah. It's the Tiger show with <laughs> Phil Mickelson every once in a while. You know, Greedy. he he is the Ed McMahon to Tiger's Johnny Carson. Um, <laughs> in a way, if if Johnny Carson and uh, Ed McMahon hated each other. <laughs> so I heard they secretly did. They might, yeah. You never know. Um, but anyway, so I'm watching that, and it's pretty exciting, actually. Usually, golf puts me to sleep, and I just like to look at it to see the the golf course, and there, there's all these like I don't know, just to watch it. I usually have it on in the background. But I was really interested this year because it was a tight race. Didn't know if Tiger was going to win. He wound up not winning, which kind of made me feel good about myself because if Tiger Woods can shank one into the woods, you know. There's hope for everybody, I guess, in anything you do. But uh, anyway, so the 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 craziest thing was every time somebody teed off or made any shot at all, you know, everybody gets quiet. And Jim Nance or whoever the the announcer says, "Okay, well, Tiger's about to." Uh, right. Because uh, yeah, even though they're in the studio booth, right? You know, they're not anywhere near there where Tiger could hear them and he could inter- they could interrupt Tiger or any. They start whispering. They start whispering. Okay. Yeah. Tiger Woods is about to he's about to tee off. Uh he's got his using a five iron. Um he's about to tee off. And so everybody the crowd's getting quiet and uh everybody you know, everybody gets really quiet and then they tee off and the second the club hits the ball, there's always one dude who yells, Get in the hole <laughs> Like Never fails. Every shot, every person. It's like, I don't know if it's the same guy. I remember. It's probably somebody I went to high school with. I don't know if it's like just I – mean, it's always one dude. It's never like seven or eight people yelling this. It's always one dude. So I, and it's no matter who it is, you know, like they, they stagger the, the, the tee times out. So there's people all over the course playing golf all day. But every time they showed somebody, there's this guy yelling, 
I, I just imagine him running around frantically, you know, trying to get to where where people were. Tell that right? Is it? I mean, the second the club hit the ball, get in the hole. <laughs> just one asshole in the crowd, you know. And it's like <laughs> this thing is like it's. A, I mean, it's it's uppity. But they, you know, there's these rules and there's this like decorum about it, and everybody's quiet and everything, you know. And you know, they give the respect to the golfers, but then they allow this dude to yell, "Get in the hole!" on every shot. <laughs> Which uh, he's probably wearing the shirt that says the master. Yeah. Shirt. Oh yeah. He, he bought himself a master shirt and a master hat as soon as he got there. As soon as he got there, yeah. or he brought his one from like the first year he ever went, you know, <laughs> yeah. so so he could prove to everybody that he likes their older stuff, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I was here in like you know ninety yeah. two before be, Tiger. It used to be more pure, you know, but yeah. But. Now we got dudes lifting weights, <laughs> training. Which the two dudes who like were in the runoff for the for the um to to win the tournament were like. It just shows you that you don't have to work out at all to play golf. Because these two dudes were in the worst shape of any athlete. Calling them an athlete, I think, is a, is a stretch. They, they were not athletes. They were, they were some dudes. They were just some They were dudes. golfers. Yeah, they were golfers. They were just some they dudes. Golfers. They just wandered onto the course that day and said, oh, yeah, we'll play in the Masters. That's what they Get in the hole! Yeah, get in the hole! So get in the hole guy yells this no matter what shot it is, okay? They could be on a par five hole that there's no possible way no human being alive could drive the ball and make a hole in one. There's no way they could get to the green, okay? And somebody tees off on this hole, which is impossible to get. You know, you would have to get a hole in one on it in order to to sink it, and that's impossible. And still get in the hole guys yelling, get in the hole, you know, the whole guy. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys, and I'm sure in the future we'll get to them. Um, this guy, yeah. that guy, yeah. you know. And um, but, so I look, I look yeah. forward to more of those. But that's a that's a good observation, you know. I. You think I that guy? Get, let me ask you this: You think that guy like? Do you think he's like TiVo'd the Masters and is like showing it to his friends? Like, you think that's why he's doing that? So he's like, "Hey, that's me. That's that my place. That was me." I, I ran around. All I did all day was run around and yell that. I was at every tee box. <laughs> I mean, I props to him. He was every right. Was he? Uh, I heard it went into a runoff, right? To like twenty holes. Yeah, yeah. It went into like two runoffs. Like it, it went into a runoff, and then they knocked a guy out, and then mm-hmm. it went into another hole, and the one dude shanked it into the woods, and uh, the other guy won kind yeah. of by default. But my question is that. Was getting the whole guy there during the runoff, dude? I don't remember. At that point, I had heard it getting the hole so much that I had gone from like extreme rage over it to just tuning it out. But I'm sure he was, unless he got tired and went, you know, <laughs> went, went went to a went to a concert. <laughs> yeah, went to a concert. Yeah. Speaking of concerts, the uh, the Dead opened up their reunion tour. First time in five years they played together last night, and um, somewhere in in Eastern North Carolina, some big city. It was either Raleigh or something like that. And the um, USA Today today had a uh, a little blurb in their purple section about um, the Grateful Dead, or I guess they're just the dead now. And uh, and the th- first thing I thought, you know, 
looking at this blurb in the USA Today was how many people reading USA Today are concerned about the reunion show opening up last night in North Carolina. It had, you know, it had a couple songs from their set list, and it had a little talk about Shakedown Street, which is the, you know, kind of like the open air market that uh, the tailgaters set up where they sell kind burritos and super heady <laughs> tie dye t shirts, yeah. and it talked about uh, a lot of uh, a lot of older grizzled men with beards and tie dye t shirts talking about being here 18 years ago when the dead performed on Easter, you know, in the same venue or something like that, which, you know, everybody's got their hobbies. Um, I was talking to a buddy of ours, Josh, who said that there were so many um, poorly cared for dogs and uh, tie-dyed T-shirt men that he just – he could he didn't have enough uppercuts to satisfy the entire parking lot. <laughs> See, Josh went to the show. Yeah, Jackson well, Delaney went to the show I together. Just, I think Daniel went too. So, oh, well, that, well, I just like I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of a hater on on jam bands and stuff. But this is the band. Is this that? is the band that Santa Claus used to front, right? Right. But but he died yeah. like what, 1995 uh, or something. I think. Well, he died a, a while ago, but the, you know, I mean, but his spirit lives on, right? And, well, I, I mean, it was Easter. Right. You know? <laughs> so Santa so, Claus rises from the grave. To right, zombie, zombie Garcia, zombie Garcia. Took stage, you know, to to play some. Um, Warren Haynes actually, I think, was there as well, and he's he's pretty, he's a talented guitarist. He plays for Government Mule. Oh wow, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. I, I'm sorry I missed that. I don't know how I missed that one. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really, I wouldn't really see the dead with a uh, Santa Claus front of them, alone, whatever. You know, they've got going on now. Warren Haynes. Warren Haynes. Let me just tell you this about Warren Haynes, because this may this may bring him up in your book from from negative five thousand to you know twenty. Mm. He uh, he's got really long hair, and he's he's got okay. a, a a paunch, if you will. Okay, a big belly, and this guy wails on the guitar. He absolutely rips the guitar, and he does it all while wearing silk button-down shirts, usually with dragons embroidered in them. So he's like a kind of like a nerd, like likes dragons and stuff kind of guy, but he, he rips for all these different uh, jam bands, which is, is, is quite a recipe, you know, because you're not thinking you're going to see too many dragon silk button-down shirts, at, you know, at a dead show. Yeah. But at the same time, this guy, this guy's well-known. He's a lot of different bands. They just ask him to come play because he, you know, because he he turns the volume from ten to eleven on his aim and make fun of his dragon shirts. <laughs> so I mean, I can get behind somebody who likes a good silk dragon shirt, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a select few, yeah. you know, that can really pull off a dragon shirt. You've got to be really good at one thing <laughs> in order to be able to unapologetically wear a silk dragon shirt. And his one thing, you know, is is noodling on a guitar. You know, yes. <laughs> noodle, noodle. I bet there was a lot of noodles at the uh, at the show. Um, I'm eating a chocolate Easter bunny right now. It's solid chocolate. It's not hollow like those other bitch ass Easter bunnies. It's like nice and solid. Well, I got a I got a uh-huh. gift from Peter Cottontail as well. <laughs> it, it's a uh, I got an I, I had an Easter basket. Boy Williams. The coach of UNC. <laughs> he came to your house and brought you a present. Right, he does resemble a rabbit. 
<laughs> which probably won't sit well with some of our listeners who like to think that Coach K from Duke looks like a rat, and they don't want their coach to look like some other kind of rodent, which I don't know if a bunny rabbit is a rodent, but it may as well be, because Roy Williams does look like a rodent, you know, with with with, with bunny rabbit features. Bunny rabbit's a mammal, I think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a Hubba Bubba Clucker, which is a... a I've had those. <laughs> It's yeah, a plastic uh, chicken that stick. lays. Uh, yeah, it shits out bubblegum. <laughs> yeah. This is appetizing. Um, got a, I got a box That's of old terrific, terrific toilet trivia cards. I'm just gonna read one. In the USA, more toilets flush at the halftime of the Super Bowl than at any other time of the year. Wasteful. That's great. That, it's a shame that you've given, been given these gifts right after you've had a yard sale. <laughs> it's true. I did. Uh, the yard sale was a success. It was uh, t- titled David Ethier Slanging Hard in the Yard. Uh, we had about eight truckloads of stuff to sell from a lot of different people. And the good thing about the yard sale was that it was in the middle of a neighborhood uh, that I live in, and nobody in the neighborhood likes me. (laughs) Um, And it's mainly because I'm the only person that is not retired in the neighborhood and have, um, you know, I have these cats that I used to let out, and nobody in the neighborhood likes cats. They're just finding lots of reasons to hate on me. They would leave they, they, they there were people driving all day past the yard sale, giving you looks of disdain and not waving. Right, right. And the the great thing about it was that even though the yard sale was scheduled for Friday and Saturday, I was pretty much set up, you know, in the garage with the garage door open, unloading truckloads of stuff from Wednesday, like at, at 12 noon, all the way through Sunday afternoon. You know, we, we had stuff coming in on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we even had two more truckloads of stuff come on Saturday, which was even the last day of the sale. Um, you know, so it, it, essentially we, we couldn't have sold everything there if we had the yard sale for two weeks. Right. And, uh, and, but, uh, but yeah, so the neighbors hated me, and, and I sent an email out to all my friends that essentially we were going to do our best to piss off the neighbors. And I think we did that pretty well because I'm moving in July, <laughs> and I could give a shit what they think about me anymore. And um, the uh, – the the neighbors the reason that my neighbors did not have a yard sale is because they were concerned about get this I had a guy tell me this I don't want a bunch of people parked on the street so I'm not going to have a yard what? sale that's a big thing for them what? they don't want a bunch of people parked on the street because there was an estate sale uh, there were two estate sales last month like I say I live in a neighborhood with a lot of old people and um, <laughs> You know, some people died, and so they were selling everything in their house, and, and all the neighbors got pissed. There was a memorandum sent out in the neighborhood, you know, communicate about this because we don't want people parked in the street. What, for and, like, you know, they weren't parked on the street for days, were they? No. Like, no, few hours? Dude. They have a problem with people parking on the street for a few hours? Right, really. I mean, when you have an estate sale or a yard sale, the, the hours of operation really may as well be 7 a.m. to 12 noon. Because yeah. after that, you get like one or two people coming in at a time. But but the packed house is from 7 a.m. to 12 noon. And, yeah, I mean, nobody was blocking driveways. You know, nobody was driving up onto yards or anything, you know. You could still get through the neighborhood. However, these, you know, these folks, they peep out their curtains, you know, and, and find something. Good. To hate I on. hope that they got all upset about it. Speaking of, but I will say blocking driveways, it's been a while since I've been in a yard sale and I was at your yard sale and it was like no, no other yard sale I've ever been to. It was a big party, you know, we had people 
coming over and hanging out and playing games in the yard and stuff. Had a lot playing of music. stuff. Playing music. But it and definitely Lionel brought Richie's out. Greatest. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Craig for putting on Lionel Richie's Greatest Hits, which is always a party pleaser. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, the... I was really interested to see all the different types of people that were attracted by the yard sale. Right. Um, and the blocking the driveway thing reminds me because, you know, everybody for for the most part was pretty respectful parking on the street. But then you had like the one guy who would act seemingly was drunk that would just <laughs> pull kind of catty corner up into the driveway and just completely block your driveway off. Granted, yeah, like one tire on the driveway, the other three tires on the street. Yeah, because they were too lazy to like park on the street. They had to get out like right at the yard sale. They, I mean, these people could like open the door and just look out and grab some stuff and drive away. They didn't <laughs> have to get out of their car. It's not like they were buying big. The, those people that would block the driveway were not buying big items that would require a heavy lift. Therefore, justifying a short distance to the car. Right. They, if they bought anything at all, it was some little trinket or something. So yeah. they were arrogant enough to think that they deserved that VIP parking space right up in the front. Right. And, and right. the best thing about it was the people who did buy big things, like the 14 TVs we sold or whatever, we would wind up having to walk around the car that was blocking the driveway in order to get these big things out you know, to the cars where they needed to go. Muttering under our breath, yeah. you know. This fucking guy. Yeah, this guy. This guy. This guy. So there's another guy, you know. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. And it's the same guy, probably. The guy that pulls up into your yard at the yard sale, into your driveway. It's the same kind of person. Same kind of personality. The good thing about the yard sale, you know, we did have cornhole going on in the yard, which is a beanbag game where you throw a, a beanbag into a hole on a piece of wood. It's, it's, it's more simple than, than horseshoes. Requires less skill than horseshoes, yeah. which, you know, I've played horseshoes before, then <laughs> my cats could play horseshoes. You know, but the um, <clears throat> the good thing was is that I had two Lazy Boy recliners sitting out in the driveway, and those were obviously the two best seats to sit in, whereas everybody else had, like, you know, either fishing chairs, fold-out chairs, or were just sitting on the, on, on the pavement of the driveway. Um, but th- we had two people ask the price <laughs> for, the, for these chairs, and... Um, you know, I like the chairs. I was enjoying sitting in the chairs during the yard sale, but I had absolutely no intention on keeping the chairs after the yard sale. You were trying so, to sell the chairs. <laughs> Technically, I was trying to sell the chairs, but when somebody asked, I got real nervous and I upped the price. <laughs> you know, I was trying to sell what really substitutes as a flea bag for a chair that when you pull out the recliner of it, the you know, the leg part of it is broken. Yeah. It, it's not even comfortable, really, when you're comparing it to, say, you know, uh, a cinder block. And yet, I still, I would, I would raise the price on it just to see, uh, you know, I mean, if they're going to buy this chair for twenty dollars, then I'll sell it. But they're not going to buy this chair for twenty dollars, so I'm going to tell them it's cost twenty dollars so that I get to keep sitting in it for the rest of the day. And, um, it was worth twenty dollars to be able to sit in those chairs all day. So um, it really was. Yeah, I mean, the the overhead. For the yard sale justified, you know, not selling those chairs. Yeah, we needed that. But, you know, it's just it's weird the amount of the people and a lot of rude people too. We had uh the, my favorite was the uh the old the old experts. Is these old guys would show up that were experts on one specific thing that you had, like you had speakers, there was like the expert speakers guy. Squinty eyes. Squinty eyes. Yeah, they were all like the same. They had squinty eyes, they were like old, they were by themselves. 
Had no friends, yeah. obviously. Um, oh. Probably not. Ages. Ages. Well, they probably didn't have any friends because they're such a damn expert on everything. Nobody would want to hang out with them. Sure. So, okay. and the vacuum cleaner guy, that was great. He tried to hustle you <laughs> on that vacuum cleaner. So I had a guy come up. I had a, an Oric vacuum cleaner for sale. And I wasn't really trying to sell it because I thought it might be broken. <laughs> and I was going to tell, I mean, there were some things that I told the people, hey, if you want to buy this, just so you know, it might be broken. You know, and I was honest about it. I wasn't trying to dick anybody Which over. Which is normal for a yard sale. You go to a yard sale, you buy something, you, you, there's a good chance this doesn't work. It, it's kind of a gamble, right. And this guy shows up, and, and he starts looking at this vacuum. He's like, oh, you, you know, how much you want for this vacuum? I was like, well, you know, 10 bucks, but we can talk about it. It's negotiable because it might be broken. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a vacuum expert. Well, this Which guy is was. I did not know. This guy fucking was. But he didn't say anything. He kept looking around, and then he returned to the vacuum, and he plugged it in, turned it on, and said, oh, that's got a busted bearing, right? <laughs> and, and he had this face on him of just complete, just, you know, contempt for me. Oh, no, he was, to... he was very happy that your vacuum cleaner was a piece of shit. He was really excited. <laughs> it made him, made his day. He wound up, excuse me, he wound up saying, you know, well, I sell vacuum cleaners for a living. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, I've got a repair guy that could fix this vacuum. I said, so why don't you buy the vacuum and get him to fix it? He said, well, I won't make that much money on it if i got to pay him to fix it. I'm like, well, then what are you doing here? Yeah. You know I mean? why are you, Fuck out. Why are you bothering us with your old vacuum cleaner knowledge? Oh, I just sold a vacuum to a lady down the street from you. Do you know her? Do you know your neighbors? I said, no, I don't know my neighbors. How long have you lived here? Three years. So you know your neighbors? No, no. I don't know my neighbors. <laughs> he was quick to dish out some life advice, too, like just general things like, well, some people are going to like you and some people won't. I learned that. Well, like, thanks for that, Father Time. He he did wind Wisdom. up buying a um a toolkit of mine <laughs> for fifteen dollars right. that I didn't. I I really the doorknob on my garage door had broken, and uh, my girlfriend Mackenzie had pulled out the um, the toolkit because I can't fix anything at all. I'm inept in that area, and she's actually well versed in that area. She could patch a hole in a wall, whereas I, I wouldn't even know where to start. And and she had pulled out the toolkit to fix the doorknob, and she got about halfway through and then stopped because the yard sale was so hype. And then this guy looks at the toolkit, and he's like, hey, how much do you want for this? I didn't even think about selling it, but I realized, fuck it, everything must go. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, say $15. He's like, done, sold. He picks it up. He looks at me, and he says, I'll sell this for 50 and then leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, everything must go. Yeah. Audacity of people. I mean, Which, the speaker dude who's like, well, I couldn't make $100 on this if I resold it. I'm like, well, I'm not really concerned with you being able to resell my items. Either buy them or don't, you know? That's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. In fact, I'm reselling them to you for 10 Yeah. So you better not haggle with me about whether or not you can sell them for 100 Yeah, either well, buy them or don't. <laughs> I had two sets of floor speakers. One of them were Marantz, and, and the other ones were RCA. And and he, he said, what, what are these? I said, RCA. He goes, he scoffed at me. He said, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to resell those. <laughs> well, I didn't even know they work. Uh, is RCA a disrespected brand in the biz? Right, he was really mad at you that you had RCA speakers. <laughs> he was mad at you that you didn't have the speakers that he could make money by reselling. That's yeah. the kind of people at yard sale. Them and the other people that just pissed me off were the people, the early bird people, the people that were complaining <laughs> about the early birds. 
The vampires. Yeah, the, well, well, the vampires were a pain in the ass. It's these, these people that show up. And ever, ever since I was a kid, my parents used to call these people vampires when we'd have a yard sale. You set up your yard sale. You know, you say you're going to start at 7. They show up 10 minutes before 7. Mm-hmm. Go through your stuff. They're obviously mm-hmm. there to buy things so that they can resell them. They're very rude to you. They purchase the things and they leave. Yeah. We had one woman that was like that. It was very rude to us. I tried speaking to her three times, and not a word came out of her mouth. Yeah. So professional yard sailors, I guess. And then and then the other people that were really annoying were the people that um that were whining that we didn't have things anymore that we had advertised we were going to have. On Craigslist, which was really effective, by the way. Right. Craigslist listed all the items, which was a cool thing. They show up, like, not even, like, at 7 in the morning. They show up at, like, 1030 Wondering, on Friday afternoon. Right, on Friday afternoon, we've already been doing the yard sale for a while, and they ask, like, oh, well, where is this? Where is this thing that you had listed? And you explain to them, oh, we had some people come through last night because you had some people come in on Thursday and buy some stuff. And um, mm-hmm. you, you were like, yeah, we had some early birds come in and buy some stuff early. And what did the woman say to you? She said, she said well, we try to honor the early birds, or we try to honor the Craigslist ad, because the Craigslist ad said Friday and Saturday, and we don't let anybody come and shop early birds at our yard sales. And just so you know, it's it's not nice to let, you know, to you shouldn't let people buy things on Thursday if you advertise on Friday and Saturday, because we honor it and we respect it. Right, Dan, we're trying to make some money here. I don't care who it is. You know? Some dollar bills. That, dollar bills spend on Thursday just as well as they do on Friday. Yeah, that Thursday money spends just as good as that Friday money. So, <laughs> sorry. Right, next time, yeah, when you have your yard sale, you do it the way you want to do it. I'll be sure to camp out on Friday or Thursday night at your house. Yeah. And wait till Friday. <laughs> you probably don't Dude. even have anybody trying to get stuff early from your yard sale because all your stuff is all broke. <laughs> it's all locked up inside your basement. Yeah. Can't even see anything. So, um, well, moving on yeah. to uh, to this. Uh, what's the hype? Um, what are, What are you hyped on lately? So, all right. So we got kind of a little segment going on here, right? We're coming up on what's the hype. Yeah. So we're we'll talking about some things that we're what just consuming right now. Yeah, it's a it's it's definitely a riff off of this other podcast that uh, both Jig and I appreciate a lot. It's called Out of the Game. There's a lot of really good guys on there that um, you know that are are are, are writers, journalists, um, and and they they have a, a question that they ask themselves called "What are you consuming?" And we have done exactly the same thing, but called it "What is the hype?" Right. So, so it's we're different. Original. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally different. There's probably more people listening to our podcast than there is anyway. So. Um, right. They've they've only got like twenty five thousand followers on Twitter between the the four of them. Okay, so, so what am I consuming right now? All right, I'm going to start out with the thing that has taken up the most of my time uh, this week, uh, which is Fallout 3. Okay. Um, video game for playing on the Xbox 360. I don't know if it's on other systems or not, but... Um, I believe it's 360 exclusive, actually. Is it? Um, yeah. I, could, I just made myself wrong, and we lost five listeners. <laughs> yeah. Fanboys are... They're they're gonna blow up our message boards when we when we get message right. boards if we ever have yeah. them yeah um so I got Fallout three because you know you hooked me up with some uh, was a gift card to Best Buy I've been wanting to play this game for a long time loved the uh, the other games by this developer uh, Oblivion and Morrowind and uh, this game is just like totally sucking me in like it's totally I'm totally hyped on it 
What's the premise? It's like set in a future dystopia uh, after uh, World War Three or whatever. Um, it's sort of an alternate reality kind of thing because there's still this kind of 50s aesthetic to the world, like the artwork and the advertising and stuff. Um, and the music. Yeah, the music. It's kind of like uh, what if the 50s vision of the future came true. Um, but th- there's been a nuclear war and everything's really grim and you know desolate. And you walk around and you can either be good or evil. And of course I'm being evil, as evil as I can be to people. And there's just kind of an open world and you can do all these different haters things. Haters gotta hate. Haters gotta hate. <laughs> yeah. I'm the ultimate hater. And so you just go around and get into adventures and do things and I don't know, it's a fun game. It's, um, you know, for me, I, I played it, I I got it when it was released, and I, the thing about me is I, I'm, I'm just recently, you know, recently over the past, you know, about four years have, have begun getting into uh, this entertainment genre that we call video games, you know, that, that are popularly hated on as, you know, being symptomatic of immaturity and a lack of social skills. Um, and, and the cool thing for me is that I developed those, obviously, before I, I started getting into video games. So I'm what you would call a cool gamer. Right. Um, <laughs> which is not an oxymoron or a paradox, but the um, the message boards are blowing up even more right now. So. <laughs> the uh, the great thing about playing Fallout Three is I played it for a while, and I, I I've never really been one to play RPGs, role playing games, and and the first time I tried to play a game by Bethesda was was playing Oblivion, and I bought the strategy guide, which my friend uh, Lopo, you know harasses me for. He says, what the fuck, do you not have the internet? Why would you buy the strategy guy when, when you can get on the internet? Either way, I, I bought it, and I was trying to fo- follow the book more than I was playing the game, and it ruined the gameplay for me. It ruined the experience for me. So when I got Fallout through, I got the strategy guide again. Um, however, I didn't open the strategy guide at all. I, actually, I still haven't. But playing the game was fun, and it was great, and yeah, I was evil too. But the the cool thing was is that about uh, four or five months after I played the game, I, I got a really good taste of it. I logged probably about 30 or 40 hours into it. Still not that much. Definitely you could log lots of hours in this game, and, and it'd still be fun and novel and not the same old thing. Uh, I read uh, this novel called The Road, uh, which is a Cormac McCarthy novel, and you know it was on Oprah's book club and everything like that, and I, I believe Obama's even read it. And... Um, and the cool thing is, is that the picture uh, that that McCarthy paints in the road is very similar. You know, it's it's the same kind of setting, a, a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know, and and what do you do? You know, so I don't know. I thought it was really cool to be able to read that book after I played the game, um, because I guess because I didn't want to use my imagination. So I guess that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a cool thing, though. It, it takes like sort of all these tropes from sort of the post-apocalyptic thing, and it. it puts a little bit of a new twist on it, but it basically takes like the best parts of like the road, which I have not read, but I know a little bit about um, Mad Max, um, mm-hmm. a boy mm-hmm. and his dog, which is an old science fiction movie set in you know, post nuclear America, um, and, and a lot of other things like that. And sort of, it, they do a really good job with it. It's like a complete package. They put a lot of time into the artwork and uh, the sort of propaganda messages that are in the game and all these sorts of things and. Uh, the fun thing about it is really even more so than I really loved Morrowind and Oblivion. Um, I just got into them in a way that I think uh, a lot of people might not because it, there was like an accessibility issue with those games. But with this game, it's just more like you're you're writing your own story. 
mm-hmm. you know, and you can do whatever you want. And like, I found myself going through it, and this is just like comes from playing video games all my life. I I, I hit points where I'm like thinking, oh, I think I'm playing this game wrong. Mm-hmm. Am I doing this wrong? And to really enjoy the game, you really need to say, you know what? It's not wrong. I can do whatever I want. If I want to kill somebody, I'm going to kill somebody. If I want to steal something, I'm going to steal something. If I want to help somebody out, I'm going to help somebody out. And there's no mm-hmm. like real wrong way to play the game. You're just kind of going through. There's a main quest, and you know that I'm interested in finishing that. But there's all this other stuff. Just kind of being a part of the world is the fun part of the game. That's... um. That is really cool, and, and one of the cool things about it is that even though it's a single-player game, you know, when, you, when you're online on the Xbox, you know, um, and playing this game, you can join up into a party with your friends, and your friends may be playing uh, the same game, Fallout, and, and, and even though it's a single-player game, it's kind of a shared experience because the, uh, the map is the same, you know, the world is the same. You're playing in, in, in Washington, D.C., you know, in the outskirts of Washington, D.C., and there's new downloadable content, um, Two, two new episodes have come out, one in Anchorage, Alaska, and one in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which I haven't even got to yet because I'm not even at a point um, now in the in the main quest or any of the side quests where I feel comfortable enough or, or really where I feel the need to go and get more right. downloadable content because there's still so much more for me to do in that game. That's the cool That's thing cool. about it really is that like I'm enjoying – there's like three or four of you guys that played it before me, and you've gone back, and you guys are playing it again now. And the cool thing yeah. to me is, like, I'm talking to everybody and saying, oh, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Everybody, even though the world is the same, everybody's story is different. And so I'm like, oh, did you find this? Or, like, there's, like, funny things that happen in the game to you that are just ridiculous, you know. And there's all these little things that may sound kind of silly to somebody who didn't play the game. But if you're playing the game, like, you've told me things that are completely I have not experienced yet. And I've even though I've been playing it just a little while, I've told you some things that I've come across in the game. They're like things that you didn't even know were there. So new to me, yeah, yeah. brand new to me. And the cool thing is, like uh, a lot of these other guys that are that we're playing with have played through the main quest and beaten the game, and then they've gone and played the downloadable content, and then they're starting over with new character, brand new yeah. character. Yeah, and they're going, they're taking a different path. Like most of the friends that we play with now, they started out as as good, or I'd say most. So there were like two or three of them that were playing uh, a noble and chivalrous game. To start out with, and now they're going back and playing, you know, the dark side. Which says a lot about their character, how lame they are. <laughs> I mean, if a video game is a fantasy, if it's an escape, then why would you be good? Yeah. To start totally. out with. Goody tissues. Goody tissues. Well, the um, part of the hype for me, I guess, you know, really the the, the biggest hype that is going on for me is that, um, you know, I've I've now. You know, I, I went. I graduated college, and I've got an English literature degree. And I, I spent, you know, these years in, in in this academic institution reading, you know, a lot of the classics, uh, you know, from all the way from back in the day to to current classics and everything like that. And since I've since I'm not required to read specific things anymore, I've gotten into uh, comic books. And and you know, I mean, it's like I don't know. It's like I. A lot of my life was on one path or one direction, headed towards maturity. And I guess, you know, uh, um, on the outside, it looks like I'm disintegrating back You're like a late-blooming nerd. (laughs) Whereas, like, I've grown up with comic books and video games all my life. And, I mean, I knew you read comic books as a kid, but, like, you're like, 
coming yeah, back. To be honest with you, though, I didn't really read the comic books. I just collected the trading cards. So I collected the trading cards as a kid. I had a video game console. (laughs) I only like their older stuff. I I had like a video game console, but I never played video games. And um, and even though we had like the internet and computers in my house, I never spent any time on them until, you know, until I I got to college or later. And um, so I'm reading. I've read a couple of different uh, series of, of comics, and I'm reading trade paperbacks, which are like collections of issues. Uh, for those of you that have yet to get into the genre, the, you know the collection of twelve to fifteen issues into one paperback book, and and right now I'm reading a series called Preacher, which is that's um, <clears throat> uh, it. It's tough to explain, <laughs> but, and I don't want to try to explain it because I don't want to put somebody off that might read it. Really, what I what I've found is that rather than reading about superheroes uh, uh, or, or or you know big you know, um, chivalrous, once again, uh, you know, crazy Wolverine or Cyclops or, you know, any of the DC characters either. I've been reading some stuff about people and extraordinary events happening to regular people, you know, and I find so that indie that... of you. You're so <laughs> indie. You're so indie. You are bucking the trend of, of reading just superhero comic books and branching out. <laughs> Like I, I'm a noob for the genre, but yet I'm already hating the popular part of the genre. <laughs> right. I've tried to read a couple of issues of, you know, some Marvel and DC comics, but either way, I've, I've been reading Preacher. And um, here's the thing: is I, I work at a hotel, and um, it's a you know, it's a hotel, it's a business class, three and a half star hotel, limited service or whatever, whatever. And I have to wear this ugly yellow button-down shirt to work, <laughs> and you know, I've I spent the last you know. Nine months at the hotel with uh, with a boss that um, you know was a bit of a, of a micromanager and um, sometimes you know it could be frustrating uh, from time to time and <clears throat> but I found that I have a lot of free time during the day once I get my work done you know of like making room keys for people and stuff like that I, ca- I kind of sit around and and so I've developed a you know this habit of reading and and I was reading you know thick novels and, you know, challenging kind of thing. Making like sure people a, saw you reading them. <laughs> right, I'd get the biggest credit. book possible. Right. Yeah. The problem was, though, is that, you know, when the phone rings or when somebody comes in, you got to drop that and hop too. you know? and Because uh, I don't really want anybody to see me reading. I, you know, I want to present the image that I'm standing there waiting on somebody to come in so that I can serve them. But... Um, but so I, I started bringing in a comic book or two, and I started reading Preacher, and there's nine... Um, paperback books or collections. Uh, each one has its own title, and and I started reading these at work, and I've started, you know, the the cool thing was is I'd, I'd read about one a week, and on Friday, I uh, Friday evening I'd go out to the comic book store and I'd pick up the next volume, and I'd uh, I'd wait on it, you know, I wouldn't read it in my house, I'd just wait, and I'd be my little treat to to read at work because it was tough to go back to like one line in a novel and pick back up, whereas it's a little bit easier to come back to like a frame, you know, and you know kind of what's going on, and it's a little bit more visual, so it's easier to pick up on. And it, well, it's a lot more visual, obviously. But um, the um, so yesterday I got roped into working a double at work, which is shifted at at a hotel is eight hours. So I, I worked sixteen hours yesterday, and I was there from seven in the morning until eleven at night. And uh, I was already halfway through um, the last issue or the last volume that I had, a preacher, and I finished that. 
you know, before the first shift was over. And so I spent the rest of the day just kind of like fumbling around and, you know, organizing the desk and trying to clean it off over and over again and text messaging, whatever, whatever. And, um, and so this morning, the first thing I did was wake up, get a hold of the comic book store, find out what time they open. And I drove straight there and I bought all the rest of the issues, which I've, I have four volumes now of preacher just waiting to be opened out of the cellophane and read at work, which I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait till I get to work because it's really fun. And, and the thing about it is, the genre itself of the comic book is is wildly underestimated. You know, there is some content there that can really challenge you the same way a novel would. You know, it's, it's about the content, you know, and the fact that there are pictures drawn in it lends itself to being, you know, kind of seen as a <clears throat> something like video games or something, you know, for for a child or a, uh, an adolescent. But there's some there's some adult comic books, you know, that um, – Well, even though, I, th- I mean – Really, all comic books are adult comic books these days. You know, like it's gone from like a genre of for kids to there's like they're actually trying to make comic books for kids again now. They haven't yeah. had for so long, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the uh, preacher was like sort of a touchstone book in like really driving sort of more mature themes than had been explored for a long time in comic books, and uh, which I guess it came out in the mid '90s, I think. Yeah, it was like 95. Yeah. Um, 94. And it's it's a real kind of adult story. It deals with, like, religion and, you know, loyalty and all sorts of things. And, and some of it's just really over the top, like, violent and outrageous. And, and But it also has a really, you know, it, it has a good story at its heart with some, some interesting concepts and stuff. But. Yeah, parts of it. I didn't expect to laugh out loud, you yeah. know, reading, reading a comic book. And I've laughed out loud at that. There's also... Uh, a buddy of a buddy of mine, uh, Criado, hyped me to this other um, series of, of of stories called uh, Y, the letter Y, the Last Man, as in Y is a, a Y chromosome, and it asks the question: What would happen if, um, in one moment, every animal or mammal that has a Y chromosome died? And um, obviously, for the sake of the story, there's one guy left. And immediately I thought, well, this is going to be not only hokey, but, uh, you know, what would you do if you were the last man on Earth, right? Yeah. You, you hear the uh, the question all the time, or what if I was, the, what if we were the last two people on Earth? You know, that kind of thing. So I thought it would be driven by, like, immature, uh, you know, who's he going to have sex with kind of stuff. And it's really not about that at all. And it's... Um, it's interesting, and I believe one of the writers for that uh, for that storyline is one of the writers for Lost. Um, and so each each no, that, each that doesn't story, really sell me on it, but each issue ends on a cliffhanger. So that's that's the that's the cool thing about it, and and also it's a double edged sword, you know. But each issue ends on a cliffhanger, and you want to read the next one. And um, I've also got. Uh, the Walking Dead, which I've had every single person that's involved in comic books suggest to me, and uh, uh, hat tip to Out of the Game podcast for talking about it uh, on two of their three podcasts so far, and I think that once everybody that's involved in that podcast reads it, they're all going to have a discussion about it, which will be interesting, and I hope I've read it all by the time they do that, because I don't want to get it sold They've out. talked about it, even on their podcast they had before that, every episode of that podcast, <laughs> they talked about it. That's like their favorite comic book of all time. Or Sean Elliott just loves that book, which I haven't read it either, but it's been recommended yeah. to me many times. 
Um, yeah, and I'm, you, I'm going to go back when we do another podcast, when you're done with Preacher, because I've read the whole thing, except, well, I've pretty much read the whole thing. I've read it to the end. There was one side story I didn't read. Um, but I'm interested to see your opinions on it, because I was a little disappointed in it past a certain point, and mm-hmm. uh, not too happy with the ending myself, but other people have told me that they really liked the ending, and they thought it was really appropriate. So um, when you're done with it, I would definitely, we can have a discussion Maybe a spoiler discussion where we talk about it in depth. A spoiler for the the one person that's going to be listening one, to yeah, this. for for Craig. <laughs> Go ahead and read it, Craig, so that you can Sorry, you can Craig. call Craig in. Actually, Craig has had a copy of The Watchmen since Christmas. <laughs> I believe he he got it for Christmas and and get this, I go to I go to the premiere of this movie, The Watchmen, which uh, we don't really have to talk about because you and I have different opinions, but um, I go to the premiere of The Watchmen with uh, a couple of friends of mine, and none of them had actually read it. One of my buddies, Brian, was in the middle of reading it. I had given it to him a couple days before the premiere, and he was trying to get through it so that he had a, a better contextual understanding of the movie when it came out, but Craig had a copy of it sitting by his bed for, you know, from December all the way until the release of the movie, which I guess was March? Yeah, it was like March 6th, and uh, it was a... <laughs> That was one of the biggest realizations in my life. Uh, going to a midnight premiere of a movie about a comic book will either destroy your sense of yourself or really uh, <laughs> give you a lot of validation. <laughs> Make you feel better about your life, basically. <laughs> right, it, was a, it was a midnight premiere of a, of a movie, and we got there at 9.30 p.m., and we were not the first people there. And they had already opened up the IMAX theater. I mean, it was IMAX. It was really high. Whatever, whatever. We had our tickets a couple of days in advance, and um, and we get there at 9:30, and, and they had already. We we thought that there would be a line. We go up to the front. The lady tearing the tickets, and I'm like, Oh, is there not a line yet? Are we gonna be the first one? She's like, No, it's already open. Go on in. And we go in there, and every single speaking of wearing the T-shirt at the concert <laughs> that you're going yeah. to, there were probably. I don't know, 30 people in the theater already, all of them in high school, and every single one of them wearing a garment of clothing that had some Watchmen on it, you know, some Watchmen material or propaganda on it. And I was like, holy mackerel, you know, like, this is nerd fest. And wait a second, I'm here. Right. (laughs) The question of, like, are you the coolest guy there? But does that even matter if you're the coolest (laughs) guy? Yeah. Because you're there with everybody else. You're there, yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, and there was like I think I counted like eight Nintendo DSs. Two people had brought laptops, opened them up, put DVDs in them to watch them. One guy was watching Little Shop of Horrors, questionable, and the other guy was watching uh, Blazing Saddles. And uh, there, it was a great idea, but about um, about ten thirty. They started playing the house music and having the ads on the on the screen, you know, and everybody was talking so loud anyways that it was, you know, it was it was irrelevant that they were trying to watch movies because they couldn't. They eventually closed their laptops, but there were a ton of people playing with their iPods, playing with their phones and talking like, you know, oh, we need to do, you know, get online and talk about this on a message board. Twittering about it. Yeah, twittering about it. And I, I actually twittered about it because – um yeah, because I was trying to make myself feel better. Yeah, to be honest. And um, so let me just go in, and I'll say I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. Um, oh, we're gonna talk about I, this, huh? 
Zach, Zach Snyder, uh, visionary director. Oh God, visionary Snyder. <laughs> visionary director Zach Snyder, who is is visionary in that he can put slow mo and fast forward together in a fight <laughs> sequence. And um and so I'm talking to Joey about it, Jiga, whatever. I'm talking to him about it. He's got he's the one that got me hype on the Watchmen. I've read it, you know, I like it. We're dialoguing about it, whatever, whatever. I go to the movie and he's like, Well, before the movie opened, he said, Well, I don't want to go to the movie on opening day because I don't want it to be sold out. Sold out not in the tickets, but sold out in the in the fact that he would have to watch it with a lot of people being loud and boisterous and not be able to enjoy the experience. And then in the right before the movie opened for my midnight premiere, he said, "I don't know if I want to go to see it in the theater. I might wait for it on DVD." And he's doing this on Twitter, you know, this like public forum. He's like, "Ah," and and slowly. And then the next day, he you know he reads the reviews of it, whatever, whatever. And he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna go see this at all. I'm not even gonna buy the DVD." And then he finally says, "I'm just gonna chalk this up to the never happened category," which. U2's latest album is also in that category, which he says is a bunch of B-sides and one good song. And my problem with it was that Joey had not even gone to see the movie, yet he was already sure in himself of his absolute hatred for visionary director Zac Zac Efron. Zac Efron. I would go see (laughs) it if it was directed by Zac Efron, because I think that Zac Efron has more more talent than uh, than Zack Snyder. No, I mean, you took this very personally, that it was I was aiming it at you, and it, I wasn't. You were. I was not aiming it at you. Nobody else cares about your movie taste except not me. Not at all. But here's the thing. I, I got burned really bad by George Lucas. George Lucas has gone out of his way to... To just ruin my childhood memories. Speaking of taking things personally, continue. But this is true. He really has. He's aiming it at me. He made those shitty, shitty prequel Star Wars movies, which I watched at the time, and that's another story of standing in line with people that reaffirm your your sense of yourself. Um, But I watched those movies. I sort of liked them at the time and then realized – that I didn't have to like them just because I was a Star Wars fan. Whatever. Well, mm-hmm. I just for whatever reason, I decided to give George Lucas, stupidly, and this is all my fault, I decided to give George Lucas another chance with the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones 4. Oh, God. And it was absolutely, uh, absolutely horrible. It, it reduced my like, and I really liked Indiana Jones as a kid, as most people sort of of my generation sure. did. Well, anybody from my generation, too. Right. As a kid, we all loved Indiana Jones, you know, that whole sort of thing. And I did the first, the three movies, the, the three movies, the three actual Indiana Jones movies are so good and well done. And George Lucas does not direct them. Um, and then this, the new Indiana Jones movie was just absolutely horrible and made me like the character less. And I wish I could go back in time. It's not even that it was just a bad movie. If I could go back in time and I got to pick one event to take away from my life, that would be in the running. That I, If I could unsee that movie and regain my love for Indiana Jones. And so that's that's my fear with this Watchmen thing. Well, here's the question for you that I think has to be asked because I've asked it of myself and I've got my own answer for it. 
the 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 three Indiana Jones movies, mm-hmm. right? Because the fourth one, I, I didn't even see it, but I'll agree with you. Everybody's, you know, if there's aliens in an Indiana Jones movie, then it's not an Indiana Jones movie. Right? Are those three Indiana Jones movies actually that good, or is it because you watched them when you were younger? Because I watched them when I was younger. I loved them. I had I had the Temple of Doom on VHS from my grandfather. That movie and it's a mad, 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 mad world were the only two movies that I had on VHS, and right. I watched them over and over and over until the tape ran out. And I loved them. Yeah. I loved it. But I've, if I go back and watch any, any of the Indiana Jones movies now, it's really kind of like it's a little bit over the top. Well, it's a little bit questionable. I. I went back. And that's it's it's a that's a valid question. I went back and I watched Raiders after I saw Indiana Jones four and totally loved it. There's some things that don't hold up as well as my childhood memories of it, but overall, it's just like a, I really liked it a lot because it, it it is it is like a campy series in a lot of ways, and that's okay. It's just sort of a different vibe he puts off with with the fourth one, and the, I think that if it didn't have, I I just I cannot stand. I think it's the ultimate in lazy when people use computer effects when they could be using real, real effects and real environments and things. And it was just like Indiana Jones, the video game or something. It was just so much. That's what really put me off about it was this just awful uh, computer generated effects, which George Lucas loves. He does. You know, and like, even though some of those effects in Raiders, which were done optically with the cameras and things, even though some of those are sort of cheesy, they, they sort of have their own character in a way for me, because I, it's still, they, even though some of them are over the top and everything, they still feel more real to me than some shitty computer generated dirt on something. Yeah. So that's sort of where that, that, that's, that was a big factor in it. But that's my fear with the Watchmen thing is that I only read the Watchmen recently, so it's fresh on my brain. I really like it a lot. I like Alan Moore a lot. It's not my favorite Alan Moore work, but I really, you know, I revere it in a way that a lot of people do. I think it's really well. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a superhero comic about the human condition, and that's what puts people off. I mean, that's that's right. what's so good about it. I think you know, it's about that, yeah, it's about um, superheroes if they weren't really that super. Right. You know, they're just kind of like most of them are normal people or psychopaths. Vigilante. Yeah, or just like people with some sort of deficiency. And just from what I read and you know everything about the the movie, it just seemed to me like it, it, just like with the slow motion fights and stuff, like that's not how real people fight. That's not. I don't know. It just seemed to me like the only reason wow. I would be going would be to see what the characters look like in real life in costumes. And I could do that by seeing the eight hours of trailers that had already been released for the movie. That's, I mean, uh, that's not how you fight. Uh, well, well, let's just yeah. we'll just move on. Agree to disagree. <clears throat> um, we're getting a little bit long in the tooth. I'm thinking that we can do a little bit of grab bag here. Okay. Um, the the number one thing. Um, uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I don't have anything for grab bag. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. You're the one who invented the grab bag, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, we're getting long. It's one an hour and 43 minutes. That's a long time. I mean, I like to listen to myself talk for Nobody's hours listening on anymore. Yeah. 
People will drop that about five minutes in. Right. Thanks for listening. If you've listened, thanks for subscribing if you've chosen to do so. Um, We don't have a plan on how often we're going to be uploading new podcasts, but stay tuned uh, because we look forward to doing a lot more. If you have any questions that you would like us to address or any topics that you want, um, what email address should we give them? Um, We can probably get I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. That's what email we will send you to. I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. And uh, if, if that one- yeah, if you wanna uh, if you wanna catch us on iTunes, just search for for I only like their old stuff. And also, we will try to get a link up on our website. I only like their old stuff dot com. There's nothing there right now, so enjoy that. Yeah, go to the website, check it out. Here in a in, in a in a couple days or maybe as long as a week, we'll have some more stuff up on the website. I only like their old stuff. dot com. We'll have a link uh, so you can download and listen to the the podcast and any new podcasts. If you want to follow either one of us on Twitter, I am twitter. dot com backslash scooter eater. S c o o t e r e a t e r Jiga is uh, twitter.com backslash deadmanprd. So we'll have um, we'll update Twitter with any new uh, link to another podcast that we put out, and also uh, links to other things that we may be talking about during our podcast. If you want to check in and, and do any more research or reading on your own about the things that we're talking about, once we figure out how to do show notes, we'll put the stuff in the show notes. Uh, well, we're, we're, we listen to a lot of podcasts, but we have only recorded very few, so it's going to get better if we keep doing it. So hopefully you'll stick with us. and Persevere. Tell your friends about it. Definitely. I'm out. Late.